It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to another edition of Meet the Manager. Here we chat to FPL managers who have an interesting story to tell or offering new and a different insight into the game. Uh, today on Fancy Football Scouts Meet the Manager, I'm joined by Minus4 Junior on Twitter, also known as Itamal, or just Junior as well. Uh, junior, welcome. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Happy I'm very here. good. Thank you. Um, so you are currently in and around the top 25K. I think I said that um, a couple of, uh, I think I wrote that a couple of days ago. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, they're all rankings. Uh, head of game week 38 in the 21-22 season. So these videos um, are designed for people to watch uh, whenever, really. So they might watch in a few years' time. <laughs> so just a time span that. About to come to the end of the 21-22 season. Um, the reason we're interviewing you is because this is only your fifth season and you're a child of the chips, I've called you. You've never <laughs> known anything else other than free hit planning, triple captains um, and adapting your game to COVID and postponements as well. Indeed. Um, what intrigues me is that across the four seasons you've completed, you've finished twice in the top 1,000 <laughs> and you're heading for another strong finish as well. Um, so, um, yeah. Tell us about, I mean, just broadly, before we get into detail, tell us about this career history that you've got, which is quite unusual. Two incredibly strong seasons. You've only been playing for four years. Yeah, I've been watching the the Prem since I was a kid. I'm a Liverpool fan mm-hmm. for the past, like, 17 years. Uh, I had no idea about Fantasy Premier League uh, until I backpacked in South America and I met a guy that pretty much told me, this is the game. Mm-hmm. Like if we, we talked about uh, we talked about the prem, we talked about football, and it was like, you know your stuff. Yeah. Try it. Uh, and I tried it. My first season, I finished just inside the top 100k. I had no idea what the chips were. Mm-hmm. I just used them whenever. Like I had like a good, uh, I think a good like uh, Firmino game. Mm-hmm. So I just put the triple captain. Then I, I had no idea about the double game weeks or blank yeah. blank, blank game weeks or whatever. Uh, and I just winged it, mm-hmm. uh, and then I was okay. It's fun. Yeah. 
I got uh, pretty much screwed over because I didn't really know what uh, <laughs> what the chips were. Yeah. Uh, so I started to take it more seriously and actually planned and actually like yeah. strategized. Okay. Uh, and it came very natural to me because I have a very a very strong uh, background about the league and about the teams, mm-hmm. which I just know well because I'm interested. Yeah. So FPL is what has made me like. So, so 2017, nevertheless, this is the season where, you know, double game weeks, chips and things <laughs> d- didn't really understand. But you still finished in the top 100k. I think I may have finished in the top 100k. No, actually, I might not have done. I might have done a bit better. But but I've uh, been hovering around that in recent years anyway. So it's still pretty, pretty good, I think. Um, and then the next season, 403rd. <laughs> Um, so that's within a whisker of winning it really um, yeah. you know when when you get to that stage next season about 2 million um, um, and then back up 608 yeah. <laughs> finish in 2020-21 um, so I just want to address the, the, the 2 million season basically you were saying before on you, you were involved in a mini league then you stopped being involved in mini league so that Indeed. that sort of motivation had gone so you just sort of just sort of dead ended your team um, and pretty much yeah and I, I also missed the first deadline which was like oh. the <laughs> the oh. worst thing ever right. like the very first one like my team wasn't set up ah. so I had I think I had Salah I think I had De Bruyne mm-hmm. a captain the yeah. entire time and uh-huh. I just never made a change from okay. there because I thought I was going to to play and then okay. didn't it was my last year in college as well so took a break okay what, what I'm particularly interested in is this going from 100k um, which is which is still really good for the first season, to <laughs> then four hundred and third, and then it not being a fluke because you got broadly similar rank within a couple of years. So, what are the tips of being a top hundred k manager like me at the moment um, to being a top thousand manager, which you've been for fifty percent of your season so far? <laughs> um, for me, the the main tips that I always try to preach also to my audience because I'm doing a podcast in Hebrew when I get my own Israeli Sorry, you're, you're based in Israel. Israel yeah. yeah. Uh, so for me, I never look at EO like ever. I, I'm not interested about what other people are doing. Okay. If I do look at EO, it's when I'm behind and I'm trying to, to catch some, uh, to, to catch people uh, above me. I just just so, want to clarify for those that don't know, EO is effective ownership, so that takes into yeah. account captaincy, can take into a triple captaincy. So you'll see things like Salah is uh, 150% owned, but that's because people Indeed. essentially own him twice as captain. Sorry, carry on. So yeah, this is what, I don't really use it pretty much at all. I just play my own game. I mm-hmm. just pick the, the players that I think will do... Mm-hmm will do best and captain the same. Uh, and I plan way further than pretty much anyone says to mm-hmm. to plan. Uh, most of the people will tell you to plan like four or five weeks ahead. I usually plan like 10 to 12 weeks ahead, okay. even though it's pretty much, uh, it's not, I, I wouldn't say pointless, but mm-hmm. it gives you the, it never really acts as you think it will do. It, it doesn't really translate as you planned it, yeah. but you you know the direction and you and you pretty much discover uh, unknown problems way before they actually happen. So, which um, is for me, that's the game. Um, I mean, that's something I picked up on in previous um, uh, meet the managers as well about that sense of planning. It's something I, I must admit I don't do enough. 
um, and it's looking ahead. So I think in our last Meet the Manager video, we're looking at captaincy and in game week one, <laughs> um, <laughs> he decided the captain right up until game week 38. Um, and that essentially looks at fixtures really as well. But, you know, and it can work out with double game weeks. But it's that sort of level of planning. So you plan ahead for 12 weeks. So we're talking... Much. So obviously, so say we've got game week one, you're looking at game week 12. So what sort of things are you looking at when you're planning? You know, who, who are you going to captain in game week 11? Um, where there's a big fixture swing? What sort of things are you looking at? Both the fixture swings and both pretty much the price points, mm-hmm. which is the most important thing for me when you set up your uh, your first uh, your first team. Mm-hmm. I don't usually pick uh, necessarily the the best team for game week one or for the first mm-hmm. four game weeks or whatever, unless yeah. I do plan to to wildcard. Yeah, uh, I try to every let's say i picked medicine i don't mm-hmm. know for like 7.5 yeah for me picking medicine is like picking barnes picking uh rafinha picking whoever is in that price range right, good. so i look at it at the team structure before mm-hmm. anything else and not only the 352 mm-hmm. or 433 or whatever yeah. i look at it in like 4.5 mm-hmm. 4.5 4.5 6 7 that's the mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. I look more on the the money aspect. Uh, I also play fairly aggressively mm-hmm. in the in the first game weeks. Yeah. Uh, this is what I didn't really do this season, and it really mm-hmm. it really messed up my season, my my end game, mm-hmm. uh, because I usually get to this point with mm-hmm. uh, a bigger budget than what I have now, yeah. which actually allows you to do the okay. the whole son plus game plus Salah. Yeah. All of that. Uh, yeah, this is the. So I this mean, is what I would recommend. I mean, it's, I mean, because price points is something I've spoken about for, for a while, but I've I've sort of come unstuck with it <laughs> because <laughs> um, it is really important what you were saying there. But I think what what I've done is that I haven't adapted my price points to each season, um, and you have to a game with one sort of predict. So the beginning of this season, the what could have been perhaps predicted might not have done, but. But basically, three four three doesn't really work. There haven't been three good strikers t- to field every week for a long time. Maybe one, or sure. maybe two, most weeks. So, four four two, three five two, four five one. These are the structures that we should go for. So, I think the lesson, what well, I, I am, perhaps others will, will pick up from from you there, is to look carefully at game week one and think, okay, who is the Madison, the Mounts? the Rafinha who's in that price range who might I want in 12 weeks time is that is that how you're looking at it really or exactly so so next season say Haaland Haaland goes to Manchester City suddenly there's a, a pricey striker so what does that indicate for you how you're going to be set up in game week one in the in the 22-23 season I can say pretty much with very high confidence that I will have a premium striker in my game week one team because Picking Haaland is like, for me, like picking Kane, like picking Lukaku, yeah. like picking Ronaldo. Yeah. Like we got all of these guys and I can switch from them. And I usually will pick the, I will usually pick the the pricier one. If Haaland will be 12.5, I yeah. will probably pick him over anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless one of them will have like stronger fixtures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I do pick the the, the cheaper one, I will have enough in the bank to to swap immediately. Okay. Like 
one million, let's say, and a bit extra for price changes as well. See that, I mean, that sort of, um, so it's taken me a, a number of months this season to sort of come around to ditching a third striker. Um, um, but if, if I'd have done that at the beginning of the season, I'd have done better. Um, so how do you assess, what goes through your mind when you're looking at, I mean, we mentioned Haaland, so you think, right, okay, I need a premium striker slot, maybe for him, yeah. maybe for Kane, maybe whoever. But what else goes into your thought process in August before a season starts? How are you going to prepare? How are you going to assess, you know, which price points to get? Uh, I watch the Paris season very closely. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's more important than people give it credit okay. to because people like think ah, it's just pre-season, like uh, not all the players that will actually be on the first 11 are playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but especially this season, when we got no like European or uh, mm-hmm. or any national tournament at all, mm-hmm. uh, the preseason will be pretty much the strongest teams that anyone that any team could actually okay. line up. Uh, so I try to watch it very closely. It's okay. a bit hard because the the games are not really mm-hmm. broadcasted in like TV or whatever. Yeah. But I try at least to to. Keep uh, keep an eye on the on the scores on who assisted who uh, who scored and the the actual lineups. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tells you far more than what people think. Okay, so I mean, I guess um, I mean that's something that we we do at Fancy Football Scout. There's the the, the preseason. We we look at those preseason matches. Um, an example where that could have would have paid off um you're 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 post meet you aren't you um <laughs> swansea um but nevertheless he he emerged in pre-season and uh, unknown in this country but he was just dazzling in pre-season got him in he was essentially one of one of two best players that season in terms of fpl points in terms yeah. of you know he was a captain contender um so that's, that's an extreme example um so yeah, that's, is there anything else you look at in pre-season? Because some people might be watching this um, this summer or maybe next summer as well before the season starts. Uh, the the actual like tactics I try yeah, to, yeah. to watch a lot. Like yeah. if uh, let's say Conte, let's say mm. he, he will probably stay at spells, but let's say he moves to whoever, yeah. whoever he moves to, their fallbacks are now right. Okay. Very, very tempting, yeah. whoever they will be. Okay. Uh, so uh, managerial changes are one and tactical changes mm-hmm. because the, the same manager can change different tactics and play in a, uh-huh. in a certain way that actually brings people more out. We've seen it with Madison, yeah. like with Rogers actually playing like the, uh, the three at the back or the four at the back and how it affects Madison and Vardy and yeah. vice versa. Uh, so I try to keep an eye on that to actually understand uh, how the team is going to play at least for the for the first part of the season mm-hmm. and pick my plans from there. Okay. Um, what about sort of money as well? And I mean that within, um, you know, how important it is for the value of players because at the beginning of the season, they move a lot and, and sometimes they're not moving based on whether they're any good or perhaps if they've, <laughs> if they've scored the week before they might so you could get a promoted side the striker scores a brace everyone wants to get him in but perhaps more seasoned managers will think well actually this might be a bit of an anomaly for this player and they might not be worth getting in but 
nevertheless, you've got that price range there. So it can be quite volatile. Um, this episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, um, you know, what what importance do you put on money, the value of players, how much they go up and down? Uh, very much so in the beginning part of the season. Mm-hmm. And I usually play my first team, mm-hmm. not with the entire 100 million budget. I always try to to keep at least like one or two it, it depends on wow. what i it depends on the players that i mm-hmm. uh, that i consider that i might be interested in mm-hmm. getting in like game week two three okay. four whatever so i will try to keep uh, at least mm-hmm. one or two million in the bank uh, and it's very easy to spread your cash uh, at the beginning of the season because it's also Especially if you are planning an early wildcard, which is pretty much always the the best move, mm-hmm. uh, you can actually get away with a couple of 4.0 defenders on your bench or uh, or just one keeper. Uh, so I try to do that. Okay, so I'll be as flexible as I can. Right, yeah. What about your um, so your attitude to hits? Um, you you're okay with hits at the beginning of the season? Do you sort of stay away from hit taking towards the end of the season or do you, do you not not mind i mean I, I try and take about eight a season if i can this season i've failed remarkably at that but um nevertheless that's the aim what's, what's your sort of usual average hits in a season usually i don't really take a lot of hits oh. this season i did a uh, previous season as well because of covid cases and uh, and postponements and whatever uh, I try to keep it to a minimum because mm-hmm. I like to to give players a run. If I mm-hmm. actually sign the player and I got him in, I usually get him in for at least four or five game weeks. Mm-hmm. So doing the whole hokey-cokey like yeah. between Salah to KDB to Son to whatever, I usually stay away from that mm-hmm. uh, and actually try to, to set up a team that don't really need much moving. Okay. Uh, and really to and I really take every every transfer as a minus four. Okay. Like I, I I really look at it this way. Like okay. every transfer I made it's a minus four and okay. I need to justify it right. for me to actually like push the button. That's really interesting, the the sort of preciousness of each transfer. Um in terms of your captaincy, do you have particular favorites uh or types of players that you, you like to go for? Um for me, I usually keep my captaincy in the midfield. Uh, mm-hmm. This season, I did uh, captain the couple of defenders, whether it's uh, Trent, Cancelo, mm-hmm. James, whatever. Uh, but I usually try to keep it on the 
on the midfielder i rarely very rarely will captain uh, will captain a striker it will probably only be kane if mm-hmm. i'm completely honest okay. uh, and i usually try because the 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 points metrics are it, it's not equal it, mm-hmm. it favors the the midfielders okay. heavily now this season we've seen with cancelo and trent that and and there is james as well mm-hmm. that they could get like huge holes as well but i think the like a couple of weeks ago, Rhys James had like a man of the match mm. appearance and he yeah. ended the game with two points. Yeah. Uh, it, it usually doesn't happen with, with midfielders. Mm. So it's the, the much safer option. I feel like this is and the, the more explosive uh, options were actually in some cases in the defense. Uh, but I usually stick to the midfield. And in terms of um, sort of underlying stats, so we talk about these a lot on some, a lot of our videos, like the Scoutcast. And um, do you do you, I mean do you look at those you know in conjunction with other things? You know, just basically watching games. But also, yeah, are there any particular stats you look at, like expected stats or you know shots in the box, that type of thing? Uh, yes, I'm I'm a, I'm a big stats guy. I'm a big data guy. Okay. Uh, the the expected the the expected points or expected expected the assists expected the goals uh, I usually cross them between two two metrics okay. I usually use uh, understat and uh, and fbref uh, they have very they are the, the two ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. understat doesn't take into account the the position of the goalkeeper or the defense they just right. take into account the ball whatever that's it. Uh, and FBRF are taking like huge, huge amounts yeah. of data into account, and uh, and it could be it could be good on one side, but it could be very bad on another hand. So I try to cross both of them and to actually get uh, to get a data that uh, that is more uh, more accurate for me. Uh, now looking at expected data is. For me, I think it's less beneficial if you don't have the background on the player. Okay. Because if we look at Young Min Son, yeah. for example, uh, you got like, I don't know, expected mm-hmm. goals of like 13, 14, whatever the, the season and scored 21. And it's not, it, it's it's supposed to happen because he, mm-hmm. he provides this sort of, uh, this, this sort of delta is pretty much his entire career. Yeah. So you need to also know the background about the player because yeah. if, Mane has like a, an XG of twenty. He will probably end the season with eighteen. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, definitely with Son, if he can get two, it, it, uh, two big chances, chances are that's two goals. But another player, chances are that might be two missed chances. Um, yeah. That you would have, um, and I know I've been foul of that before. You look at the data. If you had a chance to look at the match, you think, well, actually, that player wasn't that good. Um, when when you look at them, they look a bit shaky or something. Um, yeah. But yeah, interesting. What what other tips um, would you give um, in terms of FPL? Um, you know, just in general about playing it. You know how it affects our moods and um, yeah. Uh, I would say if you are taking uh, if it affects you mm-hmm. heavily, it affects it affects your mood mm-hmm. like heavily. You should probably step away because uh, FPL does have some addictive qualities to it, uh, and it can be very fun, but it could be unhealthy as well. Okay. So you need to you need to give it the the respect it 
it deserves. Mm. Uh, and for me, like when it stops being fun, mm. you should probably step away. And there's always the next season. Like yes. whether you, whether if you did good or bad, when you finished, I finished like last season, I finished first in Israel. Yeah. I was stoked. Now I'm bummed out. Was that the, 28, the 2018-19 season? Was that when you finished? Did you finish first in Israel that season? No, I finished uh, I finished first when I finished like 608th overall. And really? when I finished 403rd, so, I so finished Lance, first. Lance, you're, you're, the, you're the reigning Israeli champion of FPL. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. Okay. Um, I would have introduced <laughs> you. Uh, with that, if I don't know, that's a remiss of me. Not we're to a ask. small country. We're uh, a small country. Well, I, I just assumed. I just assumed they would. There'd be more. But then again, you know. Um, wow. Okay. Well done. <laughs> Reigning champion. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, it, that principle out looking next season. You can do that with each game week. I do that with each game week. I mean, if I'm having a bad game week, I just switch off from that game week. But that's not a switch off from the game. I can just switch off from that game week, and then I just put the next screen up. And then have a look at that, and then start thinking about the transfers I could make. So I exactly. guess that, that is a good um, way of doing it, whether it's by season or each week. Um, um, I've got in your notes here. You're saying having the best team possible is the only differential you need. What do you mean by that? For me, like there's a lot of noise. Like you would see, like I don't know, I need to get this guy instead of this guy because more people have this guy the only differential there is is picking the best players mm. the only one like right. if we look at the best players in each like game week or like yeah. uh, let's say portion of game weeks like four or five game weeks people who actually had the best players will do the best mm. it's not we are trying to overcomplicate something that is very much simple we don't need a differential to to go up the ranks because also a lot of people are looking for those differentials and actually go down the ranks. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I try to this season for me the 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 goal is always top one k and always try to improve my previous season. Okay. Uh, in the recent uh, couple of game weeks, the unfortunate events that uh, happened, I understood that unless I will do something very very extreme, I wouldn't get it. Okay. So I tried actually to go with the. With the very big differentials like Tavares, like mm. whatever, yeah. doesn't work. No. And there's a reason why it doesn't work. Uh, so it just amplified that feeling for me even more. Yeah. Um, I think I think that goes back to your earlier point about planning as well. Um, and it's, it's difficult. In a t I mean, this this is what intrigues me about you playing. Because for the last two, two or three, you've only known COVID and postponements and, and double game weeks every other week. And... Um, so you've only known that, so you're not clouded by anything else, which I think is probably why you're doing so well um, a lot of seasons. Um, what what do you think with the with the planning as well? So say, for example, um, the the game week that's coming up. So we'll look at game week 38 in a sec. But so there's there's issues around, say, Salah. He might start, he might not start. So that's a decision to be made because if it's looking like he might or might not start, you're never going to know. And he could play and get a hat-trick. He might not play at all. And the decision to be made is to, to swap him out. How do, you, how do you make that decision about taking the risk to say, there's not enough information, I'm going to just take a risk and make a, an aggressive move, get a you know, Mane in or KDB or Son or you know, another explosive player in. How, what goes through your mind when you're making that sort of risk v. rewards judgment call on a major player 
Um, this is this one is a bit different because it's the the last game week of the season, yeah. and I don't really look and I don't really need to look like further than the, than this game week. Uh, so I'll actually like I'll go for it. Mm. I, I usually oh, prefer okay. to go for it because even if I go for it and it doesn't work, mm. at least I could say like I tried. Yeah. When the opposite goes and you don't go for it and it does plays out, then you are like really bummed out because you didn't really went for it. So for me, I do try to, and I will probably swap out Salah uh, for this uh, okay. for this game week because I don't really feel like he, he will okay. play. Okay, well, let's have a look at game week 38. Um, I'm going to run through, just for the benefit of those listening to the podcast, I'm going to run through the team and then you tell me what, what issues you've got there. So you've got Pickford in goal, plays Arsenal. You've got Alexander-Arnold and Matip uh, who played Wolves. Um, you have uh, Rhys uh, James, uh, who plays Watford for Chelsea. You've got Salah as your captain tentatively against Wolves. Saka um, uh, for Everton. Uh, Rafinha, Mount, uh, and Niketia, Puki and Kane as your vice-captain. And then on your bench, you've got Saar, Gordon, Tavares, and Diaz, who probably won't play because of injury. So what are your main issues you're considering there? Uh, for me, the main issues are Salah, who wouldn't stay. It will... 99% be, be son, mm-hmm. which I will captain. Yeah. Uh, and I might go even a bit further and take a hit to swap out uh, Diaz for mm-hmm. Sassanion and yeah. uh, actually bench Pookie. Okay. Uh, the only things that clash for me is the Pickford and Katia pick, yeah. which I might, uh, I might swap out, I might not, I don't really, I'm not really mm-hmm. sure yet, okay. uh, but I'm good with that. Okay. Uh, for me, I just want the. I think the triple uh, triple spells against Norwich is a big differential, and I think this game could go like two ways only. On if they get the first goal mm. early, I think it's a thrashing. I think they will go like four or five up. Okay. But if they get nervous and they go to like sixty minutes without uh, without uh, scoring and. Uh, and start to stress a bit, they might actually lose it because. <laughs> they do have an history of bottling it. So your your, so, your captain could could be Kane, or it could be whoever you get in for Salah if he's not playing. Indeed, it will probably be Son. Okay, and and Son would be the captain over Kane. Yeah. Okay. Why why is that? Is that uh, simply gets more points to midfielder, or would you think Golden Boot is coming into it? I think yeah, both. I think the Golden Boot thing is uh, is a very is a very good shout because. Yeah. If Salah is isn't playing, which I I really assume he wouldn't play because I don't think Liverpool are, mm-hmm. I don't think we actually need him to to win this one, uh, so I think he will rest to be 100% for uh, for Madrid. Uh, so for me, I think that if for me it's very simple. Like if Son and Kane both get a goal and an assist, Son is probably like four or five points up on Kane. Okay. This is the only way. Okay. Look at it. So you're you're currently it's right. You're around around about the twenty five k mark at the moment. So what's what's the ambition with the moves that you're you're proposing there? Do you try and get um, as high as uh, as high as you can. Or I mean, I, I, it sounds like a silly thing to say as high as you can. Do you, I mean top ten k might be slightly out of reach? But do you harbour thoughts of that maybe? Could be. Uh, it depends on this game week as well mm-hmm. because I do have Richardson captain. I'm on a free hit. Right. Uh, so I might 
go a bit closer to the 20k mark and then I might be tempted to actually go against son and maybe Captain Mount or his James okay. for the for the higher differential mm-hmm. uh, but yeah the, the only objective is to is to finish as high as I can okay. uh, once the top 1k is pretty much uh, done and dusted yeah so uh, I'm I will probably try to edge it to the top 10k okay. if I do have a shout. Okay, excellent. Um, just before we go, is there anything else you would like to add, really, um, about um, you know, offer our viewers and, and listeners some advice around uh, FPL? Um, more advice about FPL, I would say, just take it like easy. Yeah. Like there's always the the next season, mm-hmm. and uh, try to learn from your mistakes because. Uh, the easiest thing is to say, well, I got unlucky there, this one got injured, yeah. this guy didn't score like a pen or mm-hmm. uh, the ref didn't yeah. uh, didn't blow the whistle. Uh, but once you actually take a look at your season, you will see tons of mistakes. Yeah. I do every season, like even yeah. the seasons when I finished top 1K, mm-hmm. I had tons of mistakes. And try to to pick them and actually understand why you made them is what will make you a better a better FPL player and a better strategist because the, it's the same principles for okay. pretty much everything. FPL is a microcosmos of pretty much anything okay. uh, that it's strategy-related. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, that's great advice. Um, Genia, thanks so much for joining us. Um, some really good advice me. there. There's a lot I'm going to take on board myself. Um, particularly, I've been championing price points all these years and it's been my undoing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm determined to refine that. And so thanks a lot for your, your advice there. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck with the game week. Good luck with the rest of your season. Thank you very much.